I know exactly what you're thinking. You've spent the time and gotten your application to work. Functionality is flawless. Now is the time for beauty. How do you invest in design? How do you introduce a style? And how can you do it at the lowest cost possible, the lowest effort possible, so that in the end, your application is awesome? Well, it turns out it's pretty straightforward. Sometimes it's a drop-in replacement for some of the controls. Sometimes it's an introduction to some things that are free. They're all wrapped up in a suite available for you. That's what we're talking about on this episode of Dev Radio. Hi, and welcome to the next episode of Microsoft Dev Radio. I'm your host, Jerry Nixon, and I'm here with Sam Basu, and I'm here with John Bristow. John Bristow, all the way from, no doubt, from Australia. That's pretty cool. And uh, they're both on the Dev Relations team for Progress. Many of us already know that as Telerik, and so they're all here to talk to us about XAML, the UWP suite that we have, and a lot of other things. Guys, thanks for being on the show today. I'm kind of excited to talk about this. It's a control suite that's been there for a while, and uh, I'm excited to kind of bring a little bit of awareness to it and talk about some of the details to it. Before we talk about that, though, John, uh, let's start with you, John, all the way from Australia. Who are you? Don't talk about anything but John for a second. Okay. Well, I like long walks on the beach. I'm bachelor number one, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> I originally hail from Canada. I was part of the developer relations team uh, for Microsoft Canada for about six years while I was there. And recently, my family and I moved to Australia, where I now reside and work for the Progress Developer Relations Team. And um, have you yeah, started really uh, surfing? Uh, no, not yet. But I do a very good beached manatee impression. So uh, I like to, you know, body, body surf and boogie board, but uh, <laughs> surfing is out. Uh, too many sharks. Too many sharks. All right. Well, I can understand that. Very nice. Now, um, Sam, you and I both are uh, developer evangelists. You're, you're a developer advocate. I love that we're kind of we're kind of birds of a feather. Tell me a little bit about who Sam is. How long you've been with Progress and so forth. Yeah, sure thing. So I'm in Pennsylvania, right up by one of the big lakes, and uh, I've been with uh, Telerik or Progress for about uh, four or five years now. Been using Telerik products forever. Uh, big XAML fan like yourself. I've uh, had a long history as a .NET developer, as a XAML developer, and now we get to uh, advocate all of the .NET and Xamarin uh, Telerik products. So it's fun times. Fun times for sure. A lot of changes coming, aren't they? Man, I mean, just indeed. Nothing holds still. I was listening to a comedian. He's like, hey, I have a message for all the nerds out there. Don't change anything for six months. I just need yeah. to figure out where we are now. And I'm like, I wish we could <laughs> actually do that. Put all the whole industry in stasis for just a little bit of time. And things yeah. move at the speed of light. Um, okay, so uh, we're here to talk about the UI uh, control suite for UWP. John, tell me just a little bit about what that is. Sure. It's a control suite that we have available. It's open source, available under the Apache 2 version 2 license. Uh, so that's up on GitHub. And it's about 20 or so controls uh, featuring controls that, you know, developers like to use in apps, things like grids and uh, charts and things like that. Uh, these are controls that typically third-party control vendors such as ourselves uh, do a really good job of. And so mm -hmm. uh, about a month and a half ago, we released it up on GitHub. And uh, it's been going like, like gangbusters ever since. And uh, often these are the controls, these aren't always overlapped controls. These are the controls that fill a gap 
that the you know you just say file new project you look at your toolbox and you're like whoa yeah where's my data grid and where's my yeah walk me through except what what are some of the the bigger controls in there that people really kind of gravitate toward yeah sure so the the big one obviously is uh the grid so i i like to call it the poor man's visualization tool right so uh most people aren't very good at drawing pretty pixels to the screen in the form of charts and graphs so as an alternative we provide a grid now the grid provides all kinds of functionality you normally want to use, like you know sorting, filtering, that sort of thing. Um, there's a, a set of common design patterns you'll see in applications, things like master detail, uh, things like that. So the grid's great for that and uh, can take in millions of rows and uh, sort through them quickly and bind to data. That's one. Another one is the grid. So used in combination, it's sort of like your peanut butter and chocolate combo there. Uh, the grid, um, sorry, the chart itself has a number of different series types supported. Things like you know, bar charts, column charts, uh, yeah. you've got uh, uh, radar charts. Uh, so basically anything you need for visualizing data or drawing those pretty pixels to and, the screen. And John, Another this is, that, this oh, is really the, this is the legacy of, of Telerik. You guys have been oh, yeah. beautiful chart designers <laughs> forever. Oh yeah, yeah. We like, uh, we like pixels. So uh, we like drawing stuff to the screen. So yeah, charts are definitely, and, and grids are definitely in our forte. So I'll, I'll add to what John is saying. So I've been doing this for a long time. We all have. So there are times when you just want to ship your app. And yeah. our engineering puts in a lot of time getting those pixels just right, getting the performance just right. And creating these things by hand is a major pain. You're going to spend a lot of yeah. dev cycles just coming up to a point where it's even shippable. So we have done all the hard work for you, and it's open source. So just grab it, ship your apps faster. Now, yeah, Sam, help, to, help me just, with a preconception. Sorry, I just oh, one go more ahead, thing. John. Just hang on, sorry, I just got one more thing. There was one more thing that I was just going to say, uh, which is the third control that we have, which we've got 20, but there's another big one that's worth mentioning. And so uh, that's called the data form. This one's kind of abstract, so I'll use my hands as visualization tools. So if you have a, an object in memory and you want to visualize it on the screen, what we can do with this thing called the data form is we can inspect the attributes that are on the object and generate dynamically a UI from that for form entry. So if I have a classic person with like first name, last name, age, um, you know, date of birth, whatever, uh, we can auto-generate a form for you based on attributes that are just populated on the class and then just, you know, spit it out on the screen. So that's another major, major component we have. That's an important component, and there's a lot around it. I can give hints to that component to say, yeah. um, I know this looks like a date, but please treat it like a text box. Or um, I can yeah. even add validation to it, right? Talk to me a little bit about yeah. some of the functionality yes. around it because this is – sometimes I think in the XAML world, we forget how rapid we can build um, applications, but a tool like this or a component like this kind of capitalizes the R in rapid development. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, this is what we used to call the property grid. But if you think about it, it's, you know, that's what you're looking for as a developer is these controls to help you with those scenarios. So um, in those scenarios where you want just the ability to build the UI, that's pretty easy to do. We, we have a number of tools to do that. But as you said, the real important parts are things like validation or representing yeah. Um, uh, certain types a certain way or even putting a custom UI control on top of that so that you can auto-generate these quickly. So we provide that all and it's driven through attributes that you decorate on your class description. Uh, it's a really powerful control. It's one that I think a lot of developers are going to uh, really like. It's sort of hard to conceptually visualize sometimes, um, but uh, once they start using it, they love it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's funny because especially when we start getting into things around forms over data. I mean, when, when I'm building Shazam, the app, you know, I mean, I am really focused on that awesome little dial, dial or that thing that spins and it's animated and gorgeous. 
But that is a that's one out of a million. The other 999,000 need to get that out there and they need to do it quickly but they need to do it properly and it's really it's not yeah. about how how unbelievably gorgeous it is it's about man we have a lot of data and we need to get this in front of users in a in a proper way little tools like this yeah. are really great um yep. Sam help, help me with a a conception i think a lot of developers have if if i decide that i'm going to use a um a telerik tool from the suite at all um that basically means i've got to go all in and everything is now part of the Telerik suite, right? Well, it depends. It depends, really. So if you are just talking about uh, Telerik UI for UWP, it's a suite of, let's say, 20-plus uh, controls. You can piecemeal, uh, and we certainly don't want to take away uh, what you're doing. We don't want to hold back your hands. So it's it's how you get it, right? So you can get the whole uh, suite, or you can just get what you want. Uh, this is, could be a simple download, or you can go and get it from Nougat, and you just get to use what you uh, really uh, want. And just that bit makes its way into the app package and nothing more. So it's a matter of piecemealing it. So really, uh, and again, the XAML namespaces, everything that you do is really following the standards. So it's not like you're kind of going all in with Telerik. You can just use uh, that one control that you really want. Yeah. Now, you guys are a a control vendor, which means you make controls as a live for a living. And um, more importantly, though, this the the UI suite for UWP. This is open source. This is yep. free. There is no like it'll work for thirty days and then it won't. Why is nope. this suite special? Uh, I think it's special because it it fills the gap, as you identified earlier. Um, you know, I think Microsoft does a great job of providing uh, runtime and frameworks for developers to be successful especially for targeting UWP, which is awesome. And there's a lot of community stuff that's out there on GitHub. Um, but as you said, we're, we're really good at drawing pixels to the screen. We're really good at grids. And so that's our forte. And so we put all that um, stuff that, that we really know and love into these controls and made them available largely to the, uh, the UWP audience there. So that was the uh, reason why it's so special. How many so of your control suites? Yeah, go ahead, Sam. So one is we love you, Jerry. We have to open source uh, this for for the XAML love, we, we share. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, I think if you look at uh, UWP as a space, the, the platform has a big promise for Microsoft, right? Because it's not just one device that we're targeting. It's all Windows devices from phones, tablets. And you know, now you look at all of the futuristic devices like a Surface Hub and a HoloLens, right? So all of them run UWP apps. So the market to run your apps is huge. And we just want to share share the love, really and make UWP developers uh, successful with their XAML UI. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm, I'm into sharing the love, that's for sure. And the fact that this suite is free and open source, that also means mm -hmm. um, if I see that, um, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, you've made the right margin 15 instead of 16 pixels or whatever, I actually have the ability now to go in, I can, I can uh, clone this, and I can submit sure. a pull request. Yep. Absolutely. Yep, you can absolutely. build it from source and clone it and submit pull requests. So uh, here's my uh, my two cents on uh, open source and things. And I think uh, us as an industry, we kind of treat, uh, I mean, we are very pro-open source nowadays, but open sourcing is not equals crowdsourcing sometimes. And I think, I mean, Microsoft sees this a lot. Um, uh, some people actually will actually see that open sourcing means uh, you're kind of exposing your engineers to a lot of stuff on GitHub issues yeah. where uh, things are like, a, it's an assault on humanity because people just go on and on about things that they don't like. So it, it's all about sharing and collaborating together, right? So if what you're trying to do makes sense, submit a pull request, we'll take a look and we'll get it in. 
So mm-hmm. it's it's very collaborative, and I think it's true for all of the Azure stuff, all of the stuff that's utility community toolkit, everything that Microsoft open sources. It's the same exact story. It's all about inviting collaboration between developers, and making sure we have a nice working environment for everybody. Yeah, it is interesting the uh, the proliferation of open source and and how you would think that uh, I guess we're all authors of the new toolkits, but it doesn't always end up that way. We're, we're more of just like we're nudging a giant ship and we get to influence it, but you know we don't take on the responsibility of it. Now tell me a little bit about the, your controls. Um, one of the hardest things about building a custom control in not just in XAML but in the UWP world is because there are so many different device types, because there are so many different sizes, just being able to adapt that app, adapt that control so it looks correct. Do your controls handle all of this for us? Yeah, we do our best to make sure that they're responsive and that they, um, you know, can target down to the smallest of devices uh, and even take into into account new views like the ones that are perforated on um, anniversary updates for Xbox, etc. So mm-hmm. uh, we do provide also guidance around those things. And in addition to that, we do some really good things around um, the, the sort of UX. Uh, we have themes that are built in uh, as well. So, yeah, make sure that uh, obviously there's we can't do everything. Um, you know, it's easy to design an application that will not look great on, say, smaller resolutions. But uh, we do our best to try and help you out. Yeah. Uh, now, Build was uh, just a handful of weeks ago. And, yep. of course, every time Build comes out, we get to see... Sometimes it's a bigger part of a bigger vision that's been around for a long time. Then we also get to see kind of how it changes. So you tell me, Sam, if I were just going to try and communicate to a developer the state of UWP today, what would, how, would you, how would you project that? Sure, yeah. Build is uh, always awesome for us because you get to see Microsoft's vision. And I think day one was all Azure, and then day two we kind of came out with UWP and what's next with Windows. So we see the fall uh, creator subdate coming out for Windows. And I think what you're seeing is the final goal of where UWP, Xamarin, and all of these things are headed. So uh, universal really should mean universal, right? So you're mm-hmm. seeing the collaboration happen so that UWP isn't just universal within the Windows and the Microsoft stack. Uh, you have the mono and the Xamarin guys coming in and say, hey, we can also share the love. We can give you an abstracted UI. Uh, so with Xamarin now, I can also target the UWP platform. And I think UWP as a platform is, is doing fantastic. I mean, you have some unique things that are only UWP things like inking, uh, all the stuff that you do with HoloLens uh, and the Unity with uh, the 3D and, and so on. So it's, it's just a proliferation of devices and the support for UWP and taking that code base not just to Windows but also exposing it out to iOS and Android and other platforms. So I was pretty excited coming out of Build. Well, let's talk about uh, the, this proliferation over to iOS and Android as well. So um, one, uh, this is pretty exciting and very unusual. Obviously, Microsoft being cross-platform it seems crazy, and I'm still not used to it. Um, talk to me a little bit about Xamarin and kind of how it, how it meshes here with all these different pieces. Sure thing. So Xamarin started about uh, four or five years back as as its own product. I mean, it has a whole history with um, Mono and uh, the earlier days. But Xamarin, as it stands today, is a platform where you can write C Sharp and XAML, which is exactly what we like to write for you to repeat. And you get to take that same code base to iOS, Android, uh, Mac OS, uh, smartwatches, TVs, you name it, and UWP. So really, it's one code base that you like maintaining, and the tools and the IDs have really caught up a long, uh, long way. So there is Visual Studio for Windows, which is where we are at. Uh, and they also kind of merged what Xamarin Studio was for Mac into Visual Studio for Mac. Like if I told you three years back that there'll be a Visual Studio full-featured ID for a Mac, you'll 
laugh at me, right? But it's, it's a reality and it's beautiful, right? So, and you get to write the exact same XAML, the data binding that you love, the tooling support that you love for XAML, all of that inside of Visual Studio on a Mac. And the good thing is it's running on mono right now. So it can target all of these platforms. Uh, there is Xamarin iOS, Xamarin Android, if you want to build the separate heads by themselves. But for yeah. me, it's Xamarin Forms, which is the abstracted UI. I want to write really one time, my UI one time, and have it run on all these platforms. So Xamarin Forms lets me do that. And I get to target iOS, Android, UWP, and all of these other platforms. And I think what you will see over the next... Uh, couple of years is more of this collaboration happening. So the Xamarin uh, stuff is kind of getting more and more in bed with the Microsoft Core tooling. Mm -hmm. So eventually you could, again, don't quote me on this, but you could see Mono falling off and being replaced by .NET Core on what Xamarin runs on. And the shim, that the abstracted UI that Xamarin provides today, we are talking about having that same shim, the XAML shim, kind of cross over into iOS and Android from UWP. So, I mean, lots of exciting things happening. A lot of exciting things. Let's get back to that in just a second. John, I'm a developer. Um, sure. I've decided to write my UWP application because I'm targeting Windows 10. I've gone ahead and gone with the, the UI for UWP suite that you guys have. I love it. What's my experience when I go to other platforms? Do, do I see a similarity in architecture and API design across Telerik uh, control suites? Oh, yeah. Um, in fact, we've got uh, libraries that are consistent across more than, say, four or five platforms. We have a library called the Document Processing Library that allows you to generate PDF and Word docs, and that API yeah. is consistent across five different stacks. <laughs> so our intention, yeah, I know, it's, it's crazy, but uh, yeah, our intention is always to make sure that, like Microsoft, developers fall into the pool, the pit of success, the pool of success, whatever you want to call it, uh, without a lot of heavy lifting. Um, we try to do our best to eliminate headaches, and we try our best to make sure that the, you know, the 90% sort of uh, rule of targeting whatever the, the control will be is as seamless and as easy as possible. Uh, but from there, you know, we have, you know, edge cases that, you know, customers come to us all the, all the time. Like, I have not a million rows, I have a billion rows. Can you right. handle that? And, you know, we'll be like, yeah, challenge accepted. <laughs> you know, let's yeah. let's do it. And so now we have demos. Actually, I think our latest demo for WPF now has a demo that has a trillion rows in it. So, um, yeah, we're 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 always uh, willing and able to uh, take on new challenges. It's a to-do list app. So it's gonna let me talk about a guy <laughs> who's busy. <laughs> That's right. Uh, don't so, don't so, do it. Let's... In case in case you were doing it, we'll try to help you out. Yeah, maybe maybe it's worth contacting you guys if you have an actual trillion rows maybe right. that, yeah. that makes sense it can be done uh so uh john i have all these controls and i i really do like them and here's what here's my experience i think every microsoft developer has a similar experience right we get msd and magazine in the mail and you yeah. your competitors roll the dice one of you has decided to get the front cover a couple of you are halfway in and they're all yeah exactly and i'm looking at it i'm like and and honestly i skip the articles first right you start with all the control vendors and this, these beautiful layouts like this, and they're almost inspiration pages, you know, where you're like, man, what's the next wave of what applications are supposed to look like? And you guys really drive sure. it. Um, when a developer comes to you and they're like, hey, I love all the UI you guys are doing, what, what are some of the guidances, I guess, that you give to counsel them to build applications that look beautiful as well, other than say, look at our advertisements in MSDN? You know, that's, uh, that's a that's a great problem to have if, if developers are challenged with making their apps look beautiful. Oftentimes, developers are just trying to make their apps work. You know, yeah. like they're like, I can't get this to work. And so, um, 
when we when we get developers who are like, I really want to make it look awesome, that's a good problem to have. Man, I tell you, uh, it's it's um, it's hard enough getting bits to, to actually draw on the screen. Um, but I, uh, you know, when it comes to that, we've definitely got the built-in themes. Um, themes are consistent across all of our UI controls, and yeah. we make sure that 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 those themes are kept up to date. For example, we've just updated some of our web frameworks with Bootstrap four. Uh, so we make sure we stay on the latest and greatest. Nice. Um, yeah. when, we, when it comes Let's to designing UWP apps, um, obviously that the ground is is definitely shifting a little bit underneath our feet, and it's not it's not anyone's fault. It's just that's just the nature of the industry. The industry evolves. Look at Hololens. Look at Xbox. Right. So we try and stay up on top of those things. And you know, there's new innovations introduced all the time. I remember when OneNote first came out um, a while back, and they had that radio menu. Yeah, control. I remember. Was, I loved oh, it. That thing, that thing was awesome, right? So we're like, we got to do something like something like that that developers can use or or on a different scenario, for example. So we're always keeping track of what's going on there. And um, I think you find that innovation is cuts across not only Microsoft but also across various companies that that work on the .NET stack. I've seen some companies that, man, their UI will blow you away. It's just mm -hmm. the stuff that they come up with are amazing. And the thing is, is that the expressiveness of XAML, and I know this is a XAML pitch, but the expressiveness of XAML uh, really allows you to achieve those great UIs. Yeah, it really does, and in a productive way, right, where you're not yep. constantly crafting, crafting, crafting. You just kind of drop it in, and you kind of get it yep. there. Um, Sam, walk me through a developer's experience. Um, I'm kind of interested in this. I want to use this toolkit in my application, kind of investigate it. I've been to the website, seen the controls. They are beautiful. Um, what do I do? What do I have to do to get those controls inside my UWP application? Yeah, sure. So I'm just going to add one thing to what John said, and it's going to kind of uh, go nicely into the next as to how you bring it in. So one, it's one thing to see the controls on MSTN. It's one thing to see the controls on our website. But as you're building your application, you want to see how that control feels in your hand, right? So the first thing is, don't even trust us. Don't trust anybody and take anybody's word. Go to the app stores, right? Mm -hmm. The iOS, Apple uh, app stores for Xamarin, and the UWP, the Windows store. Get the app. We have demo apps that showcase all of our controls, right? So mm -hmm. this is where you can actually see the controls in action. Play with them, right? See how they behave when you bind it to data. See how the interactivity is, uh, how the performance is. And make sure you know for sure that this is what you want in your app, right? So again, don't take anybody's word for it. Play with it. That's the first thing you do. Okay. The next thing is, uh, how do you actually get to integrate these apps? You're, you're sold, yeah. you, you want to get started. So if you do not have a Telerik, uh, you have never used our stuff. So first thing is head to Telerik.com, sign up for a free license, uh, free trial. Right, get this is one click, download the bits, and then you get a zip file. You unpack, and all of the DLLs are right there for you. And nice. check out our wait. I gotta, for I gotta pause you right there. Free okay. trial for a free suite. Well, not for UWP. It doesn't make sense because it's open source. But you can still try. I mean, you can you can download the whole thing. Uh, even if you go to GitHub, it downloads the whole zip file for you, which is essentially uh, everything that you have. So from there on, you uh, there there you go to the documentation site for whichever exact control you want to use, and you you don't even need to do that. Just set the right references in your project. Uh, very, uh, I mean, we developers don't often get greenfield projects where you can start from scratch. If you do, we'll give you some nice templates to help you out. But again, most developers are starting on an existing project where we just want to bring in the controls, right? So get your references right, and then uh, the, the controls show up in your toolbox, drag and drop if you are doing that, or if you are just hard coding XAML, uh, get started. Uh, get your namespaces right, and you're off to go. That's one way. Or if you are just 
going to be in Visual Studio, you don't like to go to the websites, just right click, uh, add NuGet packages. Go look for Teller QI for UWP, get the whole bits, and get started. So we pull down the whole thing if you want, or you can piecemeal if you tell us exactly which controls you want to use. So that's how uh -huh. you kind of get started, integrated into your project of an existing uh, app that you're writing on. So I can, I can uh, go to NuGet, I can pull down uh, Teller QI for UWP, and are there several packages, or is there one package? Uh, there's actually several. Uh, yeah, there's several too. It's um, we have a chart component that's uh, that's kind of specked out on its own because it's okay. a bit bulky. Um, and then we've got uh, sub sub packages there. But in general, um, there's about six or seven packages. And I can probably tell by the name which one belongs where, and uh, yep. and then they'll define their own dependencies if they need some other package. Sub they'll bring it in on their own. So that's obviously yep. the way NuGet's meant to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got a fundamental core package, which is like just the basic stuff, um, and it, it contains some controls. And we've got a data package for things like data binding aspects, and we have things like converters for XAML and things like that. And then it goes on to like the chart, the grid, the the map, etc. Okay, perfect. That's that's an easy. That's hey, that's the standard way of doing it. I mean, if you're a developer yeah. writing an application today and you're used to using controls or any sort of service that you might bring in, that's the way you do it. Go to NuGet, and everything's just sitting there waiting for you. Beautiful, <laughs> absolutely be beautiful. And each of these then, um, what's interesting is these aren't standard uh, Microsoft controls. I typically am going to find a lot of extra functionality built into this because you guys um, where, you know, I, I've always kind of wondered actually why the Microsoft tool set seems, um, bare bones is the wrong word, but, but quite simplistic compared to when I go to uh, a, a suite, all of a sudden there are all these things and added functionality I can go in there. Not to overwhelm the developer, they don't have to go in and use all these additional features, but what are some of the advanced pieces that we might expect to find when we look at the Telerik suite, John? Yeah, so the map is definitely one we haven't mentioned yet, but that one's great. It uh, allows you to visually actually integrate a, a detailed map into your application. Uh, that one we actually built in C++, uh, the, the rendering layer for it, because we wanted really high throughput on the, uh, the refresh rate uh, for drawing to the, to the screen and uh, drawing direct to uh, Direct2D for that. So we're targeting the Direct2D APIs for that. Um, so that's that's a pretty detailed component. That's the sort of level of craftsmanship we'll go to to make sure that things look right. Um, the the chart has been really interesting for me. Um, I spoke at Build. I did a session on custom XAML controls, and in that we demonstrated an app that used uh, data from NASA and from the European Space Agency to track what are called NEOs or near near Earth objects. Mm -hmm. And um, there are a lot out there. Um, there's about six thousand, seven thousand near the vicinity of Earth that are you know, range from two meters across to maybe two kilometers across. So it's pretty dangerous. Yeah. Um, we use the chart for uh, inside of our our toolkit to do that. And there's a there's a whole different ways to to render or visualize data. So we used a scatter graph for that. Um, but we started playing around with like different series and see like what does it look this way? Does it look that way? And then what we did was we started annotating on top of the chart. So we had the chart here, and we started putting these custom annotations in forms of visuals on top. Nice. So there's all these different scientific scales that are used by NASA. There's this thing called the Torino scale, where it will color code different asteroids. Like if it's red, which is bad, that means like, okay, this is like extinction level event type asteroid. <laughs> Avoid this. And thankfully, everything's in the green zone. But we were able to add this custom sort of annotation, this visual annotation on top. So there's all kinds of really cool things you can do with our charts and, and our, you know, our grids. And, uh, yeah, lots of, lots of stuff that you can customize and tweak if you want. 
So I was just going to add to uh, what you were making, uh, the point that you were making. So when you look at what's out of the box for UWP from Microsoft, right? So it, it doesn't look bare bones, but at the same time, you guys are setting up the stage. You guys are giving us the platform on which everything runs, right? So you guys are not supposed to be doing everything, right? So let us kind of light up these unique UI situations. You give us the framework, you give us the IDs, and then we'll light up the UI. And even for stuff that you do find in the toolkit, let's just say you pick up a list view, right? So most apps display uh, a list of things, right? So you pick up the list view, uh, and then you look at our list view. It's a little bit on steroids, right? Because we have put in that extra engineering effort. So the pull to refresh, you can bind it to a million records. Uh, the, the slide outs, uh, the little things like the hub tiles, the rating controls, all these little input controls, the numeric up-down, uh, like if you have a busy indicator to show your progress, something that's happening on the app, all these little things which kind of delight the user, the UX part of your app, let us yeah. kind of deal with that because you guys are offering a lot, let us kind of light up those UI pieces for the developer. Yeah, and I'm glad you used the word delight because it does delight the user and UI is actually worth it. I mean, even from an efficiency point of view, I mean, nothing matters in your application if your user doesn't accept it, right? And that's probably the first measure of acceptance or measure of success is user acceptance. I think that's so important. And, you know, if a developer is looking for a way to make their application visually excellent, uh, you better start with controls that can be visually excellent as well. If, you're, if your idea is I'm going to use the uh, Microsoft controls right out of the box and then I'll just extend them as necessary, is that possible? Of course it's possible. We see people do that all the time. How many hours are they burning just to do the exact same thing that you guys have already figured out, already tested, already deployed, and developers are already proving that it works in applications as well? I think there's something to be said about be mindful about the control suite that you are going to use as well, depending on just how, how um, exotic you want your UI to be in the end. Uh, John, I want to talk a little bit about your build session because... There is sure. this issue around custom controls. A lot of developers are like, I'll just build it myself. And, yeah. um, and it, where one of them is taking control and customizing it, customizing it and making it do more, um, that's one thing, right? That's, what, that's why controls are made. Um, there's oh, yeah. another issue around building a control, like not from scratch, sure. but kind of, you know, I'm going to inherit from something and I'll build it out the way it needs to be. And... I think there needs to be a word of warning for developers around that. They, this is not a small bite of an apple you're getting. This is an oh. enormous bite of apple. Um, talk yeah. to me about just some of the things that I'm going to have to invest in if I'm going to make a decision like that. Yeah, so if you get to that stage where you're like, all right, fine, okay, I'm going to build a control. You know, screw it. Screw you guys. I'm going to do this myself. And you kind of like crack your knuckles and, you know, roll yeah. up your sleeves and decide to do it. There are a lot of issues involved. And we talk about this in our build session, which is available up on channel nine. Um, some of the issues that get involved include localization, uh, yeah. so thinking of different cultures. So you have to localize your control. Uh, also working and playing well with others. So there's lots of frameworks out there you got to play well with. You know, So there's MVVM control frameworks. There's all sorts of things that you need to make sure, nuances to those frameworks you need to make sure that you account for. Um, so that's another thing. Uh, the different mm -hmm. UI patterns that obviously apply to the different platforms that are out there, that's another thing. Making sure that you have unit tests for covering all the various sort of you know eccentric sort of cases where you'll get involved in uh, localization issues, for example. Um, extensibility is another big one. You know, developers aren't going to use a control if they can't tweak it. So That's you got to make sure that you support 
you support the ability, nothing sealed, um, that uh, you have interfaces for, for your definitions, uh, that you can use extended properties, that you can uh, tweak things in XAML. Um, also making sure that you have fidelity uh, for the design time experience as well. That's another thing. So mm. a lot of developers, they'll be like, okay, I'm just going to build this control. It works at runtime. But then they forget, oh, yeah, there's this designer in Visual Studio that I need to support. So having design time support, there are attributes to target that. Installing the controls, how are you going to get it? It's not new gets fine, but sometimes people want to do the next, next, next finish thing. So there's That's all right. sorts of nuances and things that you have to think about when, when designing. We talk about that in our session. And these are valuable things. Like you can't just yeah. overlook accessibility. You can't just overlook localization. I mean, all of a no. sudden you have kind of, you've kind of dumbed down your application to where it's just a toy, right? I mean, c congratulations, you wrote your own control, <laughs> but it's sort of silly. But now that at the same time, give me enough months and enough testing manpower, I can write my own control. But I mean, what kind of investment decision was that? That's just kind of foolishness all the way around. And in my, that's the way I see it. Now let's talk about the ecosystem. Um, you guys aren't the only people out there, right? Nope. I mean, we also see no, no, no. other toolkits like the UWP Community Toolkit. Um, it's kind of interesting. Yep. We're at a place with UWP where there really aren't all that many things out there. Like you could wrap your. There are a lot of little things here and there that are kind of fun and interesting. Some very valuable, but on the whole, there are just a handful of big players today. So if you're like, man, I really want to understand the UWP ecosystem, you could do it. I mean, you could absolutely do it. Look at the uh, you look at the Telerik UI for UWP. Look at uh, I'm I look at Template 10 as a foundation. Look at um, the Windows template. What's the, it's just brand new. The Windows. Uh, Windows template, template Studio. Studio. Yeah, the Windows Template yes. Studio. Another incredible uh, like addition, and then look at the UWP toolkit community toolkit. Talk to me a little bit about. Right. Let's start with the community toolkit. Very popular, very powerful. Sure. Lots of cool stuff. A lot of activity yep. around it. Um, how does that relate to yours? Because are there is there? Yeah, a, right. It feels like there's some overlap here, right? Yeah, there there are uh, there are there are sir, a couple of controls that overlap, but in general, the community toolkit is is basically a collection of like helper functions and mm -hmm. custom controls and app services. So they integrate things like Facebook. Like it's the thing that people want to do all the time. Like I want to integrate integrate Facebook or Bing or whatever. So they yeah. have these custom app services that they've integrated that just allows you to hook directly into your UI. We don't do that. So that's what the UI, UWP Community Toolkit does. Um, we, we specialize on UI, so they don't have a chart. We have a chart. Um, they don't have a grid. We have a grid. Uh, they, don't, they have app services. They have helper functions. Yeah. We don't have those things. Now, we do. They're down. Some of them are deeper in the core, but they're not really for public consumption. So that's where that sort of mesh between the two. You can use them to, the two together. Uh, works great. And, um, you know, on, on the point of being, uh, you know, uh, in the community, there's lots of stuff in the ecosystem that you can use. There's an awesome UWP list that you can check out on uh, GitHub that lists a bunch of community projects that are available there. Um, and uh, I think that, um, you know, I think the strides that Microsoft is making around this platform are, are really encouraging to see from my perspective because it will encourage the community to get on board and, and start developing more things with this. That's how, that's how ecosystems thrive. When uh, the platform is awesome, developers can be awesome. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I feel like uh, the community toolkit... It, it should almost be called the WinRT Community Toolkit because it's really, it really does a great job of wrapping up these APIs. It doesn't do as great a job, honestly, on the XAML side, if you ask me. It does these, this incredible job under, this, under 
under the hood, right, of all these things sure. and just saving you all of this code. In fact, I know teams inside Microsoft who are like, man, uh, my API seems to be um, difficult, so I'm going to write this wrapper, and I'm going to put this wrapper in the community toolkit. Perfect. That's exactly where I think it belongs. I almost wish they would drop all of their controls and just focus on their ability to simplify the API set the way they have already. And then where where do I go for all the great controls? Well, that is where UI for UWP by Telerik comes in and fills this. It doesn't fill a gap. It, like, overflows the gap. I mean, it's kind of crazy. I appreciate the endorsement. Uh, yeah. Well, I... I don't. Yeah, I don't mind saying it, but um, let's see. Do you have a pro version of this, or is this the UI toolkit for this UWP? Is, yeah, no. This is this is what we got. This is this is everything basically for U, UWP. Uh, so yeah, this is this is what we're making available. Now that being said, um, to be intellectually and and uh, to be intellectually honest, there are other control vendors out there uh, that do great job with their UWP controls as well. So uh, I would encourage your your uh, your audience to check them out as well. And that's the thing we always encourage our audience, our customers to do is like, look, take it for a test drive, kick the tires. Yeah. You know, do you like it? You know, like it's enough for us to say, Sam and I to come up here and say, yeah, it's awesome, great. But it's a totally another thing, I think, for developers to actually kick the tires, you know, add the NuGet yeah. package, play around with it, and then see how it works. And uh, yeah, I think I think building a prototype is the first step in any evaluation. Yeah. Well, and yeah. so is so is the fact that it's open source. So is the fact that it's free. So is the fact you got a pat on the back at build. I mean, there's certain things that are <laughs> are at least make it worth looking at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I can tell you, it was a very proud moment for us to see our uh, grids and charts uh, at the keynote at at build. <laughs> that that's pretty awesome. And uh, to your point, Jerry, I mean, this is it. So the entire uh, control suite is open source. Uh, if you are an enterprise, however, and if you are picking up uh, UI for UWP, we're also kind of legendary for our support. Uh, so there is a tier where you can just get uh, additional support uh, from our engineers if if you are running into issues. Got it. Yep. So support's not free. The control suite is free, and uh, if you and probably you probably even have some services on the that you can provide as well. And so that's that's obviously. I mean, I think everybody has pivoted to that business model as well, where yeah. obviously that's an important part of their business, and that's what customers want too. They're like, we love it. We just don't. We don't have time to figure it out. Come tell us, and uh, it just <laughs> is what it is. And so I think it's everybody's a winner in the end, and and it, it's a pretty sweet deal. I tell you what, I can tell is apps that use it and apps that don't use it because you load up oh. the app that uses it and oh no let me just go the other way you load up the app that doesn't use it and you're like hey this is a fine app i wonder if he wrote it at a hackathon and then you look at the ones that do use it and you're like here is a developer who thinks i am worthwhile you know what i mean and like actually <laughs> cares a little bit about the user rather than just kind of knocking it out because there's value in your app working uh, but everybody, yeah, every that's the that's the that's the baseline, right? We expect your stupid app to work. <laughs> we want it to look beautiful, so that my experience is a delight, like you said, Sam. It's just one of those one of those beautiful things, uh, Sam. Um, we we you, we hinted it at the beginning. I want to get back to it before we close about kind of the the. I know that the, the history of XAML, like where we came from, WPF all the way through, right? And I can see UWP XAML and the and how it is truly. A, it is the godfather of XAML. Like, no, there's no way of saying. I used to say it the opposite, where WPF was the godfather of XAML, but not anymore. Like, when you see the innovation going into UWP XAML, that is the XAML of XAMLs in my mind. That being said, 
there is a frustration because, man, we all love XAML, so we've introduced it in all these different places, and we haven't done a great job of making them all exactly the same. So at Build, we introduced uh, XAML standard as the beginning of that path to kind of uh, ease the pain a little bit. Talk to me a little bit about what XAML standard means uh, here and just generally as a strategy for developers looking at declarative UI. Yeah, sure thing. So like you said, I mean, it's really the beginning of the path. I mean, there's quite a bit of work here to be done. We're just scratching the surface. And like you said, XAML kind of began from early days in WPF, and we have had Silverlight. We have seen it evolve with U2LP. Um, but the thing is, I mean, nobody kind of owned XAML as a standard. So everyone kind of did their own little thing with WinRT and with U2LP. And Xamarin kind of went off on a little tangent because they were trying to come up with an abstracted UI, right? They were, I mean, yeah. They had a... But they had yeah. all new problems to solve. Exactly, because I mean, how do you take uh, a piece of text box or a button and you have it render one time in XAML and you kind of translate that at runtime on iOS, Android, and Windows to be native controls, right? So they had to come up with their own abstraction, and yes, they called it XAML, and yes, it's very different from uh, WPF or Silverlight or UDLP, for example. Um, so to your point, yes, there are some frustrations. So why should I be able to... Uh, have to write a UWP app or a WPF app in XAML and then not have the UI be shared when I move it to Xamarin land, yeah. right? So it's not exactly apples to apples. For example, uh, Xamarin, uh, when you're kind of laying out your visual tree, they call it like a stack layout versus a stack panel on sure. WPF. They call it uh, a label versus a text box or a text they block. Sure on. Let, me bit, just, let me just yeah. vent on that for a second. When a developer <laughs> starts with Xamarin Forms and they learn XAML and they come over to UWP and they're like, UWP XAML's weird. I'm like, no, that's – this is – anyway, it's the, they're looking at it backwards. But yeah, yeah. okay, I'm with you. They, it's not quite aligned, is it? Right. So the next step is to make it aligned, right? And it's not a very easy problem to solve, but they're taking the right steps. So at Build, they announced the XAML standard, which is going to be a UI unification layer. So sort of like .NET standard, but sort of different, because uh, the goal is to have all of these XAML dialects kind of come together to speak the same language, right? So when I'm defining my UI, the XAML should be exactly the same, be it UWP or Xamarin Forms or WPF or Silverlight, right? So it's the exact same version of XAML, and then it's it's not going to mean that you have to go back and change all of these Xamarin apps or change all of these UWP apps. It's a shim on top, essentially, that's going to translate it down to the XAML that each of these platforms understand. For developers, what it means is I get to write one UI, and then maybe it's the same app. Maybe it's just the same app that I was just sharing. Sorry about the crying kid in the background. Uh, but it's, uh, it, it's that same UI layer that I'm sharing between all of these apps. And even if I'm just taking some copy-paste code on, from UWP onto Xamarin Forms, it should be the exact same XAML that I'm taking. So again, it's just first step. Microsoft has really just opened up a GitHub repo and said, hey, community, come and tell us what you think about it. And yes, I mean, there are some uh, hard sentiments, like from Silverlight days, uh, people kind of going off the rails on the issues. But again, we are kind of bringing it all back in together. Uh, the .NET Foundation has a nice code of conduct for open source uh, work. So it's a place where we can all go in today and say, this is what we think should be a standardized XAML when it comes to describing this particular UI on all of these platforms. And Microsoft is going to take that. And the promise is later in 2017, they will have the first spec, because essentially they're trying to write out the spec now, what this yeah. means, and then have that spec work on UWP and Xamarin Forms to start off. And then we'll I think I think one of the things that's special about XAML standard and, and the fact that we are at the beginning is um, 
we are starting, I say we because I'm Microsoft, we are starting with um, what does the community want? Like here, let's just begin with, rather than us say, announce and, and, and reveal XAML standard and then how can we tweak it because we probably got it wrong, it's right. more of a before we reveal, let's just, yep. what, what are we talking about with XAML standard and how can we possibly implement it? And I think a lot of developers, especially XAML developers who are familiar with how these platforms work, they see the complexity. This is not going to be just a turn of the knob and now we're all together. There's going to be some things to do. And I mean, when you look back at, at, at like XAML's history, um, it's rich. Like these developers who are XAML developers, they are peculiarly passionate about mm -hmm. XAML. They, they, they love it in a way that's kind of unexpected, right? I mean, it is like, wow, you know, this is just like a variation of, of XML you're talking about. But right. they love right. it. And Partly because they're productive, partly because they spent their careers learning it, partly because they've seen the results, they know what it's like. So they're they're into this, and they have a lot of opinions. They're like, absolutely, if you're going to come up with some standard thing, do not do this. And I think it's awesome that this yeah. process mm -hmm. begins with them, basically, and says, okay, we've heard all of your ideas. Some of these are not going to work out. We'll do our best. And I think that's that's a pretty pretty sweet direction for us to go. And honestly... That's not the Microsoft way, and so this is kind of a special world we're in, where developers are like, "What's going on with XAML?" I think we're uh, they yep. they have to be happy. How could they not be happy? They have to be happy. The future of XAML, when you look at investment inside Microsoft, of course you guys are investing in it, but inside Microsoft, the bulk of UI investment is. XAML. You know, a lot of people are like, wow, what's the future of XAML? I'm like, are you kidding? Do you not know that Windows is slowly being written, rewritten as XAML? Do you not know that Office is slowly being rewritten as XAML? Do you not know that all of our first-party apps are written as XAML? I mean, there is such a, a, a blooming future to XAML that it's pretty exciting to see that we're going to do it and we'll standardize it to make your whole life easier. How will it be implemented on each platform? Sam, I hope you're right. I hope it's right. that easy. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, to your to your point, I mean, XAML is a rich, rich ecosystem. The IDs, all the tools. I mean, we have invested in this for years, right? So it's obvious, and it's uh, kind of assumed that people will be coming in passionate. But it's also the new Microsoft. I mean, when we see it, things from the outside, the collaboration, the openness that uh, that you guys work with nowadays, it's it's phenomenal. But right? to your point, like we are opening it up before we have even done anything. We are trying to write the spec. We're inviting the community to say, what is it that you want? And I think, uh, to John's point, the community toolkit, uh, UW Community Toolkit, that's one of the best examples of the community working with Microsoft. I think it's like more than half of it is the community uh, yeah. building it and Microsoft pitching it. So it's, it's a big old collaborative world where we just want to make developers successful. That's the business we are in, make developers successful. Yeah. Maybe a big new collaborative world even. All right, John, give, give us the final word here. Um, uh, I'm looking at uh, UI for UWP Suite from Telerik. I know that it's free. I know yep. it's open source. I know it's it's beautiful. Yep. I know it's easy to use. Um, what's the what's the, what do you want developers to hear today? Uh, go forth and build awesome apps. I mean, I know it sounds simple, but go build some go build some apps. You know, we really want to see what you guys can do with this thing, and push the boundary of what's what's possible. And Certainly test our assumptions of what you think a grid or a chart or whatever should do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're, 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 we would love to be super impressed by what you guys do. So go forth and uh, be awesome, basically. Go forth and be awesome. Good. Pretty, pretty easy challenge to nail there. John, thanks for being on the show today. This has been a fascinating oh, talk. I love talking about XAML, UWP, and everything around it. Sam, thanks for being on the show. It's been a fascinating conversation.